Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Again this week, uh, it seems I'm in Richmond while you're in uh, while you're in Maryland, and uh, we got an action-packed show for everybody. Boy, we certainly do, Mike. This is going to be a fantastic show because uh, we've got a little bit of everybody. I think we've got a a taste uh, for everybody that could suit everybody's taste out there on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America trainer Casey Coleman will be joining us. Of course, she was able to add to her trophy collection last Saturday with uh, betting lines win in the Pepsi North America Cup. We'll uh, talk uh, to Casey now that it had now that it's had a couple of days to sink in that big victory at Mohawk. Plus, we'll have the direct. Director of Racing Operations at Ocean Downs, Pete Samansky. He'll be joining us to talk a little bit about the Oceanside Oval and what's going on there over the next couple of months. Fun meet, Mike, an, an absolute fun meet. I've had a chance to work it and uh, I've had a chance to fill in there. And uh, just a fun, fun meet. We'll talk to Pete about that. USDA contributor and author of Outside the Box, Bob Carson, will be joining the program. Uh, very entertaining articles. Certainly a lot of food for thought. He writes one monthly for USTrotting.com. And uh, we'll get into uh, that a little bit with Mr. Carson. Also, the USDA's very own Michelle Kopiak will be joining us. She's talking rules and regs of uh, racing under saddle. 
and uh, we had a chance to sit down with her to be a part of the Maryland Minute and our ongoing series on Racing Under Saddle. Our ongoing series with Running Aces continues. Track announcer Darren Gagne had a chance to sit down and talk with one of their leading drivers, Nick Rowland. We'll be hearing that uh, maybe towards uh, the top of the hour. And Pocono track announcer Jim Bavilia will be joining the program. They've got a big elimination card uh, coming up for a Sunstake Saturday, which will be a week from Saturday. And Mike, the stars are out. It's going to be very interesting to see how the eliminations play out come this Saturday, Mike. Yeah, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, you got Wiggly Jiggly. You got always be Mickey, um, I believe, entered Freaky Feet Pete. It, I cannot wait for the eliminations and I cannot wait for the finals next week. Mike, you still with us? All right, I think we lost Mike Bozich there for just a moment. Well, coming up on the program first is going to be Casey Coleman. We're going to talk about her Pepsi North America Cup win. That's coming up next here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And coming on now is trainer Casey Coleman. And Casey, it's been a couple of days since the Pepsi North America Cup. How are you feeling now that it's finally sunk in? Uh, very good. Just glad to be able to get it done again. And uh, let's say the last couple of weeks prepping them and making sure everything was 110%. Uh, obviously a little bit stressful, making sure we don't miss nothing. But uh, he got the job done, and uh, now we get to celebrate it a little bit. Now, Casey, talk to us a little bit about how he came out of the race. He charged home so fast with Dave Miller, and it really seems like they get along well. How did uh, how did betting line come out of the race? He couldn't have came out of it any better. He uh, gave him Sunday off. I jogged him Monday, and he was sharp. He's always he. You have to lead him to the track all the time. His uh, his groom Paige Austin always has to take him by lead shank all the way up to the track. And my fiance Mark Hurley, he's the one that usually jogs him, and he was leaping and bouncing and playing and. You wouldn't know that he uh, he ever raced. Today's, uh, today's Thursday, and I gave him a few days just jogging. I haven't trained him yet, and I kind of think I'm going to have to train him here by the weekend because he's just getting too sharp. He's, uh, he's ready to go again. Now, I know he's going to get some time off, and, uh, you know, he's going to get to come back. What's his schedule look like uh, for 2016? Uh, well, right now he's having a week off now, and then he'll be in a gold next Saturday at Mohawk. Then he gets, uh, he's gets he got another couple weeks off and then another gold at Mohawk. After that, he's got the Battle of Brendan Wine. He's got the Little Brown Jug. He's got the Breeders' Crown. Um, he's got, obviously, hopefully, Super Finals, uh, the Simcoe. So he's he's got plenty on his plate yet, and hopefully we have a long summer. That's awesome. Well, talk to us a little bit about the race and how it unfolded, Casey. I know that there were some very hot fractions up front. Were you concerned at all that, you know, he, he would have a hard time closing into those fractions? Well, I, I was loving the fractions early because he's never really got a trip ever where he's come from off a helmet and uh, and go, coming into fractions like that to chase down. Usually it's him doing the fractions or he's first up in it. So I was absolutely loving the trip at first. Now saying that when he was coming off the last turn and he was still seven, eight lengths off. And I know every that's a great field of horses. And, you know, everybody in the race can come home at least 26. And uh, I was definitely a little bit worried when he was that far back coming off the last turn. But saying that, Dave was very confident. Dave's like saying he had no worries and uh, he was good. And he, he hardly even swatted him with that. I think twice he hit the shaft with the race bike with the whip. And he just went powering by the, the rest of them like it was nothing. It was quite impressive. Like he 25 and four on the end of it off those kind of fractions is uh, is pretty impressive. And just the way he did it, like he just looked like he did it so easy. And the way he came out of the race, like after in the test car, and he was just, man, they're looking at us not even blowing like nothing even happened. So he's, uh, I've had a lot of good horses, and he's he's unbelievable, this horse. He's just, uh, everything he's done, he's impressed me more and more and more. So uh, he's pretty amazing. Now, 147-4 and four was the final time of the race. It was, you know, one of the faster tracks uh, at Mohawk the other, the other night. Um, do you think, um, you know, we, we, we've seen Wiggle and Jiggle, we've seen some beach somewhere. Does this horse kind of have the speed uh, that those horses have? Obviously, likes to come from off the pace. But, uh, you know, looking ahead to the future, you think betting line is going to be uh, this fast, could be this fast uh, his, whole, his whole life? Um, well, I don't see why not, and I hope so. Like, wiggling, wiggle and jiggling in some beach somewhere are unbelievable animals, and I never got to actually be hands-on with them to know exactly much of their, uh, like, know much about them, except for watching them race with how quick they are. Um, and to compare them already to horses like that, that's not fair to those horses that have already gone and, and proven it. Um, I've had good horses like Sports Rider and Better Than Cheddar, Art Colony, uh, Vegas Vacation, McWicked, horses like that, and I uh, he's not raised very many starts yet, um, but 
driving line, and I definitely think he's the best horse I've had in my barn before. And I, I've never seen a turn of foot, and the way he can just flip the switch and do speed like he does is just amazing. Um, we'll see in the next coming months here as the summer goes on if he gets into the likes of those kind of horses. But right now, I uh, I don't see why he won't. He keeps getting better and better every week. I can't wait to get him over, say, like the Poconos on a hot day when uh, we go to the Battle of Brendan Wine. I think he'll go on unreal mile there. He's at the Meadowlands for the Breeders' Crown. I think he'll go an amazing mile there. He's not paid into Lexington. Me and the Connections are, are we're considering supplementing him to Lexington because I'd love to see him go over that track and what he could do. Only reason we didn't pay him into Lexington is a conflict with his fire stakes a little bit. So I, uh, he comes back in six days for the Super Final at Mohawk, which goes for quarter million. So I didn't really want to mess with that. But we'll see what happens when we get closer to that time, whether we take him or not and pay the supplement. Casey, it's Mike Bozich back. The internet guns weren't very good to me, so I just joined you guys' conversation. Uh, what's ahead? Now, I know you talked to uh, Mike Carter about betting line, but what's ahead for the Coleman Stables here in 2016? Who else should we look out for? Uh, right now, I got a, some really nice babies that qualified their first time at Mohawk there last week. They're going again Saturday. Um, I'm really excited about the crop. I didn't buy very many this year, but it looks like I got a really nice group. Uh, I'm, my uh, top colt, I'm going to say, would be Ideal Wheel. He's American Ideal Colt. Come home 26-1 and one, his first start. Was very impressive. I got a filly, uh, another American Ideal. Her name's Candlelit Dinner, and she went her qualifier in 55, just under a headlock. Jonathan Drury said he was just doing all he could to slow her down. I had some sports writer fillies were very impressive. Uh, Wendy Sports helped one eye on. I was real excited about them. Um, I think we got a, a real nice lineup of babies this year, so uh, we'll see what happens in the next coming little while with them also, but I'm pretty excited about them. And my four-year-old, who I won't race in many stake races this year, but Reverend Hanover's come back quite well. I plan to race him just sparingly this year and then hope on a big five-year-old year. But I've been real happy with him. And uh, I got Vegas Vacation training back, which he won't race till – it won't be till probably, say, October, November. He's going to be ready. But right now, as long as his legs stay as good, he, uh, he's training back really, really good right now. So I'm quite excited about bringing him back also, but that won't be till probably next year. Sounds good. Casey Coleman, trainer of Betting Line. Listen, congratulations on your big win Saturday night. And uh, you've got a movie appointment at 725, so uh, go ahead and enjoy What movie are you guys seeing tonight? Uh, what's the name of this movie we're going to? And I don't. It's a it's a comedy, and I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> uh, you're not letting him You're not letting him Kevin you're not letting him Kevin the movie, are you? What's you're that? not letting him choose the movie. You're not letting him choose yeah, the movie, are you? Mark's choosing the movie, so it's all up to him whether it's any good or not. All right, Casey, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, and best of luck to you here in 2016. Thank you. All right, that was uh, Casey Coleman, uh, and uh, she texted me, Mike, and uh, she said uh, thanks for the reminder because she had a, a movie at uh, 7:25 that. Uh, her and Mark Hurley were going to see, and, uh, you know, I figured, listen, we I told her, I said, no problem, 7.05, we'll get you in and out the door in about six or seven minutes, and uh, I think we did that, Mike. I, I didn't really hear the most of the interview, but I'm assuming it was okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, now that your uh, your technical issues are over with, I think I think we're all in, uh, you know, I think we're all in uh, good graces, right? Hopefully, well, it'll depend on the internet. I know we've had some storms around here, and uh, I see it's getting dark outside. So uh, we'll we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, that's how I wound up in Richmond. Actually, uh, we had a they my parents had a really bad storm here, and uh, you know we had some damage, and we've been cleaning it up, and you know just trying to you know trying to get past it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no question. Listen, we had the technical issues, and we didn't have a chance to give Casey a proper open. Uh, we made a little bit of a production piece for with the uh, betting line crossing the line first. So, Mike, if you want to go ahead that and get into commercial, we've got plenty more left on this program. Uh, the director of racing operations at Ocean Downs, Pete Samansky, will be joining us here in just a few minutes. We have lots more left on this program, jam-packed edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Betting line is rolling late, three across as they come into the final eighth of the mile. Control the moment. Here on the outside comes Racing Hill. Betting line is steamrolling for Miller on the far outside now. Deep stretch battle. Betting line will rally to score in Cup 33. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Back to fourth, CP sure enough, tough night is fifth, young Eliana up to the opening quarter. Eliana is mighty tough, a length and a half. On the inside, Cutter's famous second. Now we take a moment of silence as we sing when it's snow, when it's snow, when it's snow. Whether outside is frightful, we're all warm and toasty inside. Into the car turn. Come on! All right, welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and that was the sweet tunes of Pete Zamansky, who's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And Pete is the general manager at Ocean Downs. And I actually uh, got a chance to call at Buffalo, and uh, Mike, I got to tell you that um, calling in the snow there every once in a while, the driving snow at that was uh, was a little bit difficult sometimes. I'll tell you, you see that, Mike, 
you see that snowbank right there and uh, how the snow was falling. It was unbelievable uh, that anybody could see where any horses were. And obviously, Pete really didn't know uh, exactly where the uh, where the horses were. And you know, he had fun with it. And I think that's something that announcers have to do. I mean, whether it's fog or whether it's snow. Now, luckily. In my 15 years or so of race calling, I have never really had to deal with any kind of fog or any kind of snow or anything like that that uh, has really hindered me that much to uh, see the horses. But um, have you, Mike? You know, I I don't think I've ever had anything that's hindered it. Um, It looks like, Mike, we got a little bit of an issue with the host system, apparently. So for those of you who cannot hear us at this moment, um, we certainly do apologize, and we are working to get it back up. Uh, Mike, I'm connecting to it now as it is. So I uh, apologize for the technical issues uh, that we're having on this program. But, Mike, no, I have not had the chance. I've had a chance to call a couple of funny, uh, to call a couple of funny names. Yeah, well, I mean uh... – you know, listen, if you go back to YouTube and you look up some of the fog races or you look up some of the snow races, um, it's unbelievable uh, because, you know, you hear different announcers and you hear a lot of these announcers, what they try to do. And some of these guys, you know, especially even the thoroughbred races, Mike, a lot of these guys are just uh, simply able to uh, see the horses. And, you know, you, the tracks have to be, I think, kind of, uh, you know, they have to be heads up. They have to... Uh, really, you know, look around and see, you go to different camera angles. Like I know they use the backstretch camera a lot when uh, horses are in the backstretch, especially on mile tracks uh, when it's just, uh, you know, when it's just going haywire, kind of like our system is doing right now, Mike. But listen, blame the weather. Yeah, we got to blame the weather. Blame the weather. And I'm I'm telling you, honestly, if you look outside, it is dark as heck out there, Mike. I mean, I'm telling you, it is getting dark out here. And and as a matter of fact, I know they had some real wicked storms that rolled past the middle part of Illinois and the middle part of Indiana uh, last night. And, of course, Mike, we're here, and you're in uh, Virginia helping, uh, you know, your uh, dad clean up there. So it's uh, it's been a little bit of a rocky road here weather-wise over the past couple of days. And like I say, the, the skies are really getting dark out here. So, you know, uh, hopefully Mother Nature can be kind to us at least for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, let's, let's dive into the uh... – Pocono races just a little bit. We're waiting on Pete Samanski, uh, the general manager of Ocean Downs, to join the show. He might Mike be caught in the storm. He might. He, he very well could be. Um, race three is the Max Seahemp uh, Memorial Elimination. It's the first division of two, and the first four official winners plus the fastest fifth-place finisher will return next Saturday for the $500,000 final. And it features Boston Red Rocks, who Mike was really disappointing um, in the – North America Cup. Granny came home in 26 and 4, but it just was a really, really disappointing performance uh, for Boston Red Rocks. Uh, control the moment uh, tired late after setting some very strong fractions. And it also features American Passport and Western Destiny. But Mike, looking at the Pepsi North America Cup, control the moment uh, really sticks out off the page. They went 26 53. If he does that at Pocono, I mean, he, it, listen, if he goes that fast at Pocono, it might be 25 51 if he's not careful. Well, we're seeing a lot of uh, horses coming out of that particular race, or at least a couple that are in this one. You know, Boston Red Rocks has the the pylons. He was five to one in that race. 
Uh, last year's uh, two-year-old Breeder' Cup champion finished fourth, seven lengths away from betting line, who was just outstanding. Of course, we just talked to Casey Coleman. Control the moment is still trying to find his three-year-old form after going eight of nine in 2015 as a two-year-old. Uh, he's still looking for his first win. Now, he was the pace setter in the uh, North America Cup last time and uh, kind of wavered late in the stretch, finished third to betting line at Racing Hill, who's also in a division of this thing. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. This is a fourth start for control at the moment. We'll see if he could put it, uh, you know, if he could uh, go back or if Boston Red Rocks can get a trip here from the inside and get the job done. It's going to be very interesting. Another couple of horses, though. There are some other horses in this race. J.K. Willpower has been tremendous in Pennsylvania. And American Passport almost beat betting line two starts back and uh, was parked out to that first quarter last time. So this is another horse, first time uh, Brian Sears, that could be a factor here, Mike. Yeah, definitely. American Passport was a horse that raced on the New York Sire Stakes circuit. um, I want to say last year he is three years old, yeah. So he raced as a two-year-old in the New York Sire Stakes circuit a little bit. And really, you know, he he really blossomed well. Now, granted, he didn't do anything in the Breeders' Crown after making the final, only missing by a length and a half to control the moment and Pretty Boy Hill. And, of course, you see betting line there. American Passport, he's got the speed – uh, to be close to the pace, but he's very much a tripped-out horse, if you ask me. The other one that I really kind of want to look at, Mike, is Western Destiny and or Western Dynasty. And here's the thing about Western Dynasty. He's not the most um, – and I'm trying to think of how to say this, Mike. He's not the most um, you know, experienced horse against stakes horses. However, when you get George Napolitano Jr. on, and that's – Pocono's his main track – that's a uh, that could be a angle for maybe your exact or your trifecta ticket. Yeah, and that's the first of uh, two divisions of that uh, Max Hemp Memorial. The second division is right there in race five. We talked about the horses coming out of the North America Cup, Racing Hill, uh, number one. Uh, for a trainer, Tony Alanya and driver, Brett Miller. This is a horse that uh, raced very, very good last time against betting line, finishing second in that particular race. Uh, this horse is kind of making a habit of being the bridesmaid, though, here in 2016. He's got three seconds of four starts and, uh, you know, draws the inside here. And uh, I don't know. He's in up against the likes of uh, Katie's Rocker and Talk Show. And uh, another daily copy who I thought raced pretty darn good last time. I know he had the perfect trip against Check Six, but Check Six is a Burke horse that's really, really nice. And uh, I think another daily copy perhaps uh, could be a factor, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, let's skip to race 10, uh, the Ben Franklin um, eliminations. It's the first of three divisions. And the first division features Wiggle It, Jiggle It, who's coming off an impressive performance in the graduate. Two starts back in the Dorothy Mullen went 147-3. and three at Harris, Philadelphia, and then, of course, was the Bull Lake Erie in 149 and 4. You've got Shambhala, who came down after finishing second to always be Mickey. This horse went 147 and 4, Mike, so Shambhala definitely has a shot as well. And you have Always at My Place, uh, who is coming out of the role with Joe at Tioga, and that was kind of a disappointing performance. He came first up and then tired late in the mile uh, to Rock-Eyed Optimist and all bets off. And I, I got to think that always at my place is facing a little bit tougher of a field here. Yeah, no question about it. We're going to pick up on these races here in just a few minutes, but right now we're joined by uh, the Ocean Downs uh, Director of Racing Operations, Pete Samansky. Pete, how are you, buddy? Hi, Mikey. Mikey, what's going on? We're doing good, my friend. Listen, I don't know if you had a chance to hear our little intro we give you, but uh, we actually dug deep. I mean, we dug deep into the vault, and we were able really? to find the, the snow race, the Buffalo snow race. Yeah, it was, I got a uh, lot of prep on that, baby. 
<laughs> now I got to ask. I picked up. I picked. I, I picked up. I picked up so. Look, the only guy that paid me was Dick Clark for that. That's the truth. <laughs> I was on Radio Free Europe, Radio Australia, Radio Japan, ESPN, Today, Good Morning America, CBS This Morning. Nobody paid me but Dick Clark. Wow. Uh, you you listen. You got the royalty checks coming in. You're not fooling anybody. You're I've only got a couple. I, I was supposed to be on like a year ago, and what happened was I wasn't on. They, I, they sent me like a jillion pages of a contract to sign. I signed them all, and I called the gal up, and I said, what happened? He said, you let it go to the cutting room floor. I said, okay. <laughs> so now let, me, now let me ask you now. We, we got the clip off of YouTube, and the clip off of YouTube, whatever it is, it must have been like a America's Funniest, Funniest Videos or something because they had a studio audience. Right. It was it was on uh, Dix Clark shows called Bloopers and Blunders. Oh, okay. So that, I got you. So because so, he had a show like every week on, and what it transpired that night was like it was a cold night in Buffalo. Well, I mean, after all, it is the winter. Mike Mike Carter can attest to that because he's been up there at that time, so he <laughs> yeah, knows all about definitely. that. So, so all of a sudden, like this huge lake effect snowstorm flies in. I mean, out of nowhere. It's like clear, cold, 20-some degrees. And here comes, like, this snowstorm come in like somebody had the snow gun over at one of the ski resorts. And you couldn't see squat. You could not see squat. So the race starts. We're still racing. I can see them at the finish line when the lights are on, you know, at the finish line. That's it. So I had to make stuff up. And I started singing Jingle Bells and Christmas carols and stuff like that. And a friend of mine who was the worked for the NBC affiliate was at the races that night. And he put it – he was happened to work that night on his sports segment. And he put it on his show, and people caught it on the satellite. And that's how the notoriety started. So it is well, true. Did. But I only, I only picked up 300 bucks for the whole gig. That's the God's <laughs> truth. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, Pete. You know, uh, I was at Buffalo for two years, and we I'll tell you, we had some monstrosity of snowstorms, and they were going to the gate one night, and I called my boss, and I said, listen, it is – I mean, the snow is coming from everywhere. I couldn't see a thing, and just as the gate opened, it stopped, and I went, really? Here was my chance to shine, <laughs> and of course, the snow stopped. Well, Pete, uh, you're, the, uh, you're the general manager out at Ocean Downs. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on out there this year. Well, right now we've got 11 minutes to post time for race two in case you want to like get get involved. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, that America, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, look, yeah, I know that. I mean, I mean, Mike Carter. When you talk to Mike Bozich, like you know, the only thing I can tell you when Bozich worked here, my my, I had to restock my beer fridges like every other day. That's how bad I was. That's how bad I was short on like on fat tire and stuff like that. But anyways. <laughs> We uh, uh, just kidding. Mike's a hell of a guy. I take a whole bunch of Mike Bozich. I tried to get a Mike Carter once in a while, but I didn't hire you, so my bad. And it's my fault. So you know, uh, it happens. But no, we uh, we started racing June the twelfth. Uh, we go all the way to Labor Day. Post time seven twenty. Forty eight nights. Uh, the purse uh, structure is pretty good. We're giving away three million dollars this year, and including that is a uh, a bonus for a Maryland horse, uh, be it a Maryland owner, Maryland bred horse, or Maryland sired horse. So uh, things are good. Uh, we have tons of promotions here. We have a couple nights of the Clydesdales. Uh, we have a night of a night at the track, a return to the track. You name it, we got it. We have trick riders. We have uh, sketch artists. 
clowns, pony rides, face painting, especially when Bozic is working that one night. So we're going to take care of him. <laughs> Especially well, with you, the clowns. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, Pete, you know, I, I watch Ocean Downs uh, from the Mutual's office at Northfield, and I got, I got to tell you, it's so nice and refreshing to see a crowd out there. And it, it, You know, it's in such a prime location, and you guys do such a fantastic job. How do you guys keep the people coming? Well, the, the good thing, Mike, is that we race – uh, during the the peak of the resort season, which is coming up right now. Uh, we are at the whim of the bodies that come into the resort. Ocean City is one of the uh, top ten resorts in the country. Uh, people come here from uh, locales like the Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia areas, uh, southern New Jersey areas. They come here, they, they spend their, their dollars here, and they spend their time on the beach here. And uh, so now what we have for them, uh, Mike, is we have not only we have a racetrack, but right next door we have a casino. So after mom and dad are with the kitties on the beach, they can come on and play a little bit. So uh, it so basically we have to race, Mike, when the people are here. I mean, we like extend the meet a little bit before peak season and a little bit after peak season. But uh, basically we have to go when the people are here. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Now, you guys get a lot of the horses uh, that ship in from Rosecroft, and you have some of the Maryland Sire Stakes races. Um, it, going forward, um, is is there a look at potentially, you know, kind of expanding race days a little bit, or is this pretty much where we're at? Well, there, there's always a chance to expand. I, I think the, uh, the 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 X factor here, Mike, is uh, what happens up at, at Rosecroft. Uh, they would thus were purchased uh, from Penn National by the Astronic Group, uh, and I know the race this year, and I hope they race for a long time. Uh, the Astronic properties have not been known to hold on to the harness properties too long. In the past, they've had two, to my knowledge, they've had uh, dibs on uh, Flamborough Downs, and they also own the Meadows. Uh, and they sold those two off. Uh, and those two places both had casinos. Uh, Rosecroft does not have a casino. And we'll not get one in the near uh, near future as well because there's a casino like five miles away that's ready to open up at the end of the year called the National Harbor. And that will probably be, guys, the biggest money getter in the United States from a casino standpoint because it is right on the border of Maryland, Virginia, and D.C., so they're going to, like, knock them dead over there. So so basically, there's there's a lot of balls in the air right now. Uh, right now, for the future, we're going 48 days. If we're told to go more, we will go more. Uh, the breeding is getting better. Uh, the stallions are coming back here. We've got to get some good mares to uh, to make it worth our while. And uh, hopefully, uh, we've seen the dark days, and now we see a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is not a trading, so we're in good shape. All right, Pete Samansky, listen, we really appreciate you joining us, my friend. How's your golf game? Uh, not good. I haven't played in a while. It's been too wet down here. But I'm, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the judge is like he wants me to come out because I'm an easy 25 bucks when he plays me. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. there you go. But your comrade here, Mr. Upple, he's, uh, he, plays, he hits the ball pretty good, so we have good times. So. All right. Well, listen, Pete, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. We'll let you get back to the races, buddy. Thank you, guys. Have a great night, okay? Uh, it's a pleasure. We'll do it again. 
All right. Take care. That was Pete Szymanski, the uh, general manager over there at Ocean Downs. And Mike, always a pleasure to talk to Pete. Uh, he's uh, certainly one of the colorful characters. And I had to go back in the vaults, Mike. I really had to go back to the vaults to uh, to dig up that race call back at Buffalo. Do you have any idea what year that was? I have no idea. I think it was back in the 80s at some point. Back in the 40s? No, 80s, not 40s. I'm oh. not calling Pete, you know, 100 years old here. Can we, uh, you know? He's about to call back. He's about yeah, to call he, back. Yeah, he's going to get me in trouble. Well, listen, we got Bob Carson on deck. He writes for the USTA. Uh, Mike, I, I'm really looking forward to this discussion because he really uh, he writes a lot of great pieces. And the other thing is, he open, you know, in my opinion, he broadens minds and he gives uh, some good information. Yeah, he certainly does, and uh, you know that outside-the-box segment, it comes, it's a, like a monthly installment at uh, USTrotting.com. It's certainly a great, great piece. I look forward to reading it every week because it really gives you a different perspective, and I think that's what the article is kind of designed to do, to give you a really, uh, I don't want to say like a outlandish point of view on uh, perhaps how to improve the game, but uh, an outside-the-box point of view, something that you may not think of uh, because it kind of comes from left field, but I think that's what the article's intent is, and uh, we'll have uh, Bob Carson coming up here in just a few minutes. Plus, we've got a lot of other things left on this edition of uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. USDA's Michelle uh, Kopiak will be joining us on our ongoing uh, segment with Racing Under Saddle. Plus, we have our ongoing segment with uh, Darren Gagne of uh, Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. He had a chance to sit down with Nick Rowland. We've got the track announcer from uh, Pocono, Mohegan Sun of Pocono, Jim Bavilia. He'll be joining us as well towards the top of the hour. So lots of going-ons, Mike. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Bob Carson. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're going to welcome in now Bob Carson, who has done some really great articles for the USDA. And Bob, how are we doing tonight? Hey, doing great. I'm enjoying listening to your show. Uh, it's kind of uh, kind of interesting. That last guy sounded like he was from Guys and Dolls or something like that. He was a, <laughs> he was a good listener. Now, now, Bob, talk to us a little bit about how you got started writing these articles. A lot of fun to read, and you know they do exactly what the title says. They make you think outside the box. Yeah, well, Mike, I'm kind of uh, uh, not an insider with harness racing. I'm kind of uh, a late to the dance. I, you know, I haven't grown up in the sport all my life, so I, I think I do have a little bit of a different perspective. I've been writing about harness racing for probably 12 years or so. Um, before that, I wrote primarily minor league baseball. So uh, actually it was a good transfer uh, from one to the other. And uh, every time I sit down to write, I I, I really, uh, you know, I don't want to write about horseshoes. I don't want to write about tying up or I don't want to write about races or something like this. I I just want to kind of throw out some ideas there that hopefully people will think about. But uh, unfortunately I've done about 200 now and I'm about zero for 200 for getting them implemented. But hey, that's okay. I'm having a good time, and, and uh, people seem to like it. And for people that don't know the Outside the Box article, it can be found on a monthly basis, right, on the uh, usdrotting.com? Right. Uh, in, in the harness racing world, um, I've, like I said, I've been doing this for about a dozen years now for on the uh, USDA site, and they're very kind to let me do it. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I also write for um, Trot Magazine in Canada, but I do a different kind of writing up there. I, I write fiction for them. Um, I've probably done, oh, geez, 50 fiction stories because uh, uh, I really just, I think there's a place, you know, it is entertainment, uh, horse racing, and, and I, you know, I think there's a place for people to get a, a chuckle or to read a story. So um, those are my two main gigs in uh, in the harness racing world. Now, out of the numerous articles uh, and outside-the-box articles that you've written, Bob, is there one that stands out in particular that you say to yourself, wow, I really wish that harness racing would have run run with this because this could be the one? Actually, Mike, there's two. One of them, one of them was an individual story that that I wrote that I really thought was the dumbest thing I ever wrote, and I can't tell you how many people still remember that. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of reprised it, but it was a crazy idea that the uh, standard bred horse sales, like at uh, Lexington and Harrisburg, uh, they should instead of being sales, they should be lotteries where everybody had an equal chance at getting the best horse in there. Like you would pay $20,000, let's say, for a ticket, and you were going to get one of them, you know, just a random drawing. And after the drawing, it became a massive swap meet, you know, so the rich people would still get their horses, and but it would give the little guy a chance. And when I sent that in, I thought, oh, my God, nobody's going to – this is going to be crazy. But for some reason, of, of all of them that are written – that one generated the most uh, interest, which is interesting. You never know, you know, whether you're making a movie or uh, you're writing something or you're throwing something out there. You just never know what's going to stick. But uh, that one did. It was interesting. Now, Bob, in your book. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the other thing that I did that um, 
um, generated a lot of interest, and it, it was a long process. Um, I did a series called Running Down a Dream, and uh, what I did is I took a couple of people that were completely unfamiliar with the sport, and I walked them through a whole year from the sales to the training to the first race, and uh, I think it was like, mm, I say 24 installments, and um, it was a lot of fun, and I, it, it got a lot of response. As a matter of fact, it got so much that they asked me to do a follow-up uh, for the three-year-old season, and each of the chapters had a um, had a song that matched the title that you could click on and listen to it. So, you know, if, if you ever if you just Google someday running down a dream, uh, it'll give you the list of like 48 installments. But um, that one, I, as I was just out uh, yesterday, and some guy recognized my picture and uh, came up and was just talking my ear off how much they enjoyed reading that. So, I say those are the two that come to mind. Now, Bob, in your most recent article, you talk about uh, leveling the playing field, and you're talking about you know horse ownership. Uh, you know, looking at the uh, at the at the title of it, uh, you know, you, you kind of wonder, hey, what you know, what's he talking about here? And it's really been an interesting article. What say you about the you know like the stable.ca that's come around, VIP Internet stables, something that allows people to buy percentages of horses to kind of get their feet wet to uh, to uh, start their racing ownership. I think they're tremendous. I think they're really tremendous. I I, I don't think in good conscience I or, or anybody else could recommend that somebody walks off the street and and buys a, a racehorse, you know, particularly a yearling or any racehorse, let's face it. But if you just have a small piece, the enjoyment is right there and the risk is, is minimized. And, and I think... All of these that I, I have seen, and, and the fellow in Canada, I think it's Jody Jameson, is that who it is? Uh, I, I can't remember, but somebody up there is, is doing a lot of stuff along this. But I really think it's it's tremendously promising, and it, it, you can bring people along really slowly. And that, that's sort of like that running down the dream column I was just referring to. The, the couple people that I got that didn't know anything about it, they each only put up, you know, I, I can't remember, like like a thousand dollars or something like this. So, you know, I, you know, it was just a tiny portion, but that's enough. That's enough to get their interest. And you know, when we run that first race, um, it was just as exciting as if they had owned the whole thing. So I think it's a great idea, and I think the more that kind of stuff we can do, the better off we are. No question about it. Uh, Bob Carson joining us. Uh, Bob, where uh, now? Besides, uh, one more time. Tell us, uh, for all the listeners out there, where we could find your articles. Well, uh, every the third Monday of every um, month, it shows up on the uh, USTA website. It'll be right there on the homepage. Um, probably we'll do about five of them in, uh, oh, I would say for sure Christmas time, and I'll do some of the ones for Trot Magazine, and that only comes out in print. So, um, if you go online, it's the USDA every uh, once every the third Monday of every month. That's when it comes out. Fantastic, and, and Bob. Good. Yeah, the good thing about it too, Mike, is they're all. If you know that that is a great thing about the internet. Uh, you know, they're all stacked up in there, and if you search around the USDA site, you can find them. 
No question. Bob, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Great ideas, and we urge each and every one of you out there, all of our listeners, to check out uh, Bob's articles on uh, ustrotting.com and wherever may, or they may appear. Bob, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Mike, it's been great, and hey, shows like yours, that's what we need in the future, too. So keep it up, and I look forward to listening. All right. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. That was Bob Carson, the author of Outside the Box. And uh, I'll tell you, this uh, Mike, this show has been a little outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. Listen, I, I just told you, for those of you who don't know, me and Mike Bozich, we communicate via Facebook uh, during the show, so we know when to go, when to not go, things like that. And I told him a little bit ago, I'm done with tonight. I am. <laughs> you know, it, it, maybe we should just go back to 7 o'clock and restart and uh, try again. But it's been a lot of fun. We've gotten through it, and, uh, you know, these things happen, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have technical issues, especially with the unstable weather and, uh, you know, going over the Internet back and forth. And, and uh, you know, listen, it's going to happen, but uh, I think we've pulled it together, and we still have more left on this program, Mike. We've got uh, Jim Bavilia coming up at the top of the hour. We've got Michelle uh, Kopiak going to join us. Uh, we've got uh, Darren Gagne in the Running Aces segment. So don't go anywhere. Who knows what's going to happen? Nobody knows what's going hey, to happen. Hey, 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 Mike, you, you tell people not to go anywhere, but – I am actually, uh, I'm actually taking off, uh, and you knew this. Sure, sure. <laughs> bail on me, Mike. Bail. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Listen, but Carter's gonna get off the sinking ship and leave me in charge, boy. I'll tell you, you are a <laughs> punishment, my friend. You're the captain, well, my friend. Do, do you have time to take us into the next segment? You, you already know it. I'm gonna take us to commercial. When we come back, you've got more from Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired Standard Breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if you were there. I was waiting this before I disappeared. I wanted to make sure you were still there. So uh, welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're done. By we're done. America. We're, we're, you know what? We're done tonight. We, you know, we're, we're completely done. But coming up next is uh, Michelle Kopiak, Mike, and she uh, is with the USTA, and she's also done some uh, riding under saddle stuff. Am I correct? 
At, well, at, she's uh, she's at the USTA, and she kind of runs the rules and the regs and uh, of racing under saddle. It's a fantastic interview. We had a chance to sit down with her uh, a couple of days ago and really had a chance to learn a lot about racing under saddle. Uh, so uh, make sure you stick around for that. And, uh, Mike, without further ado, if you want to start that segment, and uh, we will see you next Thursday uh, here on this program. <laughs> hey, hey hit, it for, hit it from your end because i got to close the studio out. All right, my friend. Well, anyway, let's get to it. It's uh, It was a great opportunity to hear from Michelle Kopiak, uh, and uh, let's do it up next here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. We had a chance to sit down earlier in the week and talk to Michelle Kopiak of the U.S. Trotting Association, and she was able to talk about rules and regulations of racing under saddle. It's pretty easy um, from the horse side of it. Um, you know, any horse, you know, of course they have to be trotters. Um, the first step from our rule standpoint would be to get uh, racing under saddle eligibility for the horse. Now, if the horse already has trotting eligibility with the U.S., there's no fee. Uh, the trainer or owner just need to make a call in here to uh, the USTA and, and request it. Now, if the horse is a Canadian horse, their eligibility works a little bit differently. Um, they go by year and not lifetime like we do. So there's a $35 conversion fee if the horse has Canadian electronic eligibility. Uh, now, once you do that, find yourself a licensed rider. Uh, the next step would be to qualify the horse under saddle. Uh, all horses that are racing in RUS events, they have to meet certain qualifying standards. Uh, they got to show at least one charted line under saddle and either a qualifier or official workout. They also, there's time standards, of course, too, that have to be met. Those vary by track. Uh, for example, if you're trying to qualify on a half-mile track, they got to go in 216, 58, 214, seven eighths or larger to twelve. Uh, the one good thing about you know part of the USTA rules, once the horse qualifies under saddle, it doesn't have to do it again unless for some reason a presiding judge wants that horse to qualify again. Uh, but you do have, you know, certain series like the New York series, the fair series up there, you know, they they have the option to create their own conditions. Uh, you know, for example, you know, they require a charted line within twelve months prior to the start of the series. So you're looking at, you know, they're, they're wanting the horses to qualify a little bit more often than what we require. Visiting with Michelle Kopiak. Michelle, what are some of the more important rules and regulations uh, that you would say that someone should know in regards to racing under saddle? I'd say the biggest thing to remember, uh, the riding rules, they're very similar to, you know, the, the in-harness uh, racing rules that we have. We want everyone to be as safe as possible. Uh, you know, so a rider must be licensed with the USTA. Uh, the horse has to be qualified, as mentioned before, um, and the horse has to be properly equipped. Um, the horse can be placed or disqualified, you know, just like in, in harness. If a rider violates a riding rule um, for things such as interference, impeding the progress of another horse, uh, not following the braking rule, um, there's also uh, whipping rules are also applied. Um, anyone, you know, whether they're a trainer, owner, rider, uh, they should all try to become really familiar with um, all the riding rules which are outlined in the USDA rulebook. Now, are there any age, uh, age restrictions for horses uh, as far as racing under saddle goes? Yes. 
uh, no horse under three can race, and no horse older than 14 can start in, uh, in an RUS race, but um, horses 15 years of age and older can race in amateur races, county fair races, and matinees, which is, you know, basically everything in the RUS world in the U.S., that's all that occurs. So uh, New York, they, they've extended the age to 20, I believe. So, you know, there is um, an, an opportunity for older horses or horses, you know, that are no longer racing um, to go ahead and, and keep on doing this. Right. As far as uh, riders are concerned, is there a licensing process now that they have to go through to, part uh, to participate? Yeah, and that's a really good question because there's always a lot of confusion to it. Um, prior to 2015, there were very, very few rules in place for RUS races here in the U.S. or for the licensing. Um, in that same year, the USDA Board of Directors went ahead and passed formal rules so, you know, so we can try to keep everybody on an even keel. Um, the first thing, a rider can be uh, no younger than 16 to apply. Um, so what they need to do is become a member of the USTA. Um, you know, youth members, 18 and under, there's no fee. Um, a new membership for anyone else would be $70 for a new member. Um, it's, the process itself is really similar to the driver-trainer application process. Um, what you need to do is fill out the application. Uh, you have to be referenced, take a written and a practical exam. Uh, the application itself uh, has some basic information about you, uh, you know, your riding experience and also uh, your involvement in harness racing in general, you know, whether it's in harness or under saddle. Uh, we require re references. Uh, that was a new part that was added to the licensing process uh, last year. Uh, we'd like to be able to contact at least four, um, and they have to be current USTA racing under saddle licensees. So uh, just a trainer or a driver isn't going to work. It has to be an actual licensed rider. Uh, once we get the application, we contact the references either by mail or email, you know, asking them about your experience with RUS. Uh, we really rely on the references to vouch for your qualifications because, you know, they're the ones who are going to be riding with you in the races. So we really ask them to be honest and, you know, just flat out tell us, you know, is this person safe or not? Um, we were well, of the four that you send in, we need to get back two satisfactory replies. Once we receive those, uh, you can then take the written exam, and it's a 65-question test, multiple choice, true or false, covers a lot of the racing rules, some basic horse care. Um, once you pass that, uh, then you're issued the practical exam, and this is where it differs from the, the driver-trainer process. Uh, the practical a rider has to go in two separate schooling miles behind the starting gate in front of a licensed presiding judge in 215 or faster. Um, it's a little bit different than driver trainer where you just got to go in front of a test administrator. Um, you know, we rely on the presiding judge to sign off on the practical, you know, just to say that, yes, I do see that this person, you know, handles the horse well, has the horse under control. You know, even if the horse breaks, you know, they brought the horse back under control, and, you know, I, I think that they are safe to ride, you know, in a race. And then finally, just like the drivers, um, a rider needs to submit a vision exam. 
Well, so this is a pretty intricate process, and I'll tell you, if this thing ever is uh, going to become paramutual, that's certainly a good thing to know. Um, what is the biggest hurdle to climb, uh, in your opinion, Michelle, uh, to make uh, racing under saddles successful and more well-known? Well, I think support and promotion, for sure, especially in building the, the actual rider base. You know, there have been several people who have been working tirelessly to, to try to make our U.S. better in the U.S., um, Helen Gregory is one of those, you know, she was the one who revitalized the interest several years ago. Uh, there's others, you know, who are part of the New York, uh, stick fair series, Michelle Miller to name one, uh, Clarissa Coughlin in Maryland. You know, they've done a great job so far in trying to get the word out and to bring people in. I think that we as owners, trainers, even fans need to support them in everything that they do. You know, attend an RUS event, bring some friends, you know, talk to the riders and ask them questions about how you can get involved. You know, they'll be more than willing to talk to you. You know, follow them on social media. The RUS groups in New York, Maryland, Ohio, they all have Facebook pages and they keep them updated a lot. Uh, Take pictures and, and share them. Submit articles to, you know, a local newspaper or even to us. The more publicity that we can put on our site would be great. Um, you know, some, I know New York, they were even selling T-shirts, you know, buy a T-shirt and wear it. You know, the more information we can get out to those people currently involved in harness racing and even new people, you know, we need to prove to them that this breed is very, very versatile and, you know, they can they can do it all. Um, talk to racetracks, paramutual tracks, you know, tell them you want to see an RUS event, you know, whether it's an exhibition or whatever, you know, make it worthwhile for these, these riders to travel to these different venues. So more people can see the versatility and, and what our breed can do. Michelle, for anyone who wants more information on racing under saddle and how to uh, participate, can you lead them in the right direction here? Absolutely. Um, we have a, a section on our website. Um, it's under entries and results. There's a racing under saddle tab there. Uh, there's a ton of information there. Race dates. Um, by the way, there's 15 dates so far um, you know, with more coming in. Uh, licensing information and links to other RUS websites. Um, or as I mentioned, you know, go ahead and if you go to an RUS event, go up and talk to a rider. They'd love to talk to you or, you know, even give me a call here at the USTA and I can shoot you in the right direction. That was your Maryland Minute. Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standard Breads. We'll be back after this time out on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. We're 
Welcome back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich uh, alongside of Mike Carter, and Mike Carter has uh, flew the coop, so to speak, but that's all right. We'll get through it because we've got our good friend, the Pocono track announcer, Jim Bavilia. Jim, welcome into the program, sir. Oh, Mike, thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, no question about it. It's uh, I tell you what, you do a heck of a job up there. Certainly enjoy your calls, and you guys have a big, big day coming up. But Saturday, you've got eliminations. Next week, it's Sunstakes. And I'm going to tell you what, Jim, you're going to have a ball because the stars are out in full force. Well, Mike, as you know, when we see these stars and we get to call the races, it's so much fun. It's, you know, to be a part of the nights like this. And luckily at Pocono, and you've had it at Chester as well, at Harris at Philly, where you've had these big nights year in and year out. And yet, you know, you never lose the thrill for it. It's really a lot of fun. And uh, looking at the, the talent we have lined up for Saturday, uh, it's, it's just going to be one great race after another. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, uh, if you uh, want to start in the beginning, we've got the two divisions of the Max Hemp, uh, and these are uh, three-year-old open pacers, uh, and you've got a field of six in the first division. You've got a uh, two-year-old Breeders' Crown champion, Boston Red Rocks, who uh, is the fourth-place finisher in the North America Cup. You've got another two-year-old champion, eight of nine, kind of disappointed in the Breeders' Crown final there and hasn't really uh, won a race since control the moment, but you could kind of tell he's knocking at the door. Plus, you've got a Burke charge, J.K. Willpower. That first division looks stacked to me. Yeah, I think this is the more stacked of the two. And I feel like, you know, looking at the four different stakes races we have, I feel like even with that talent, I feel like the hemp is the most wide open. Maybe that's because betting line beat a lot of these last time out, and we were not seeing him in this race. So, you know, there are question marks kind of attached to all of them. You don't have the horse that's uh, the super horse that's been winning 9 of 10 this year like we see in some of these other races. So, yeah, Boston Red Rocks, uh, control the moment. I made him the favorite. Uh, based on, you know, that he battled from the nine post in that last race at Mohawk and ended third, whereas Boston Red Rocks got kind of caught back and, and came on for fourth. But uh, really kind of a toss-up between those two. And J.K. Willpower is a horse who's coming off a nice win as well. Um, but uh, And it's going to be a recurring theme as we talk to this. You know, <laughs> every horse in the race you can make a recommendation for. Certainly. And uh, getting off the point just a little bit, then we'll dive back into mm-hmm. the Max Hampton. Um, and I know you've had a chance to look at these because, of course, you do the morning line there. Um, how much or if at all, and I know other racetracks are different, but do you weigh home court advantage in at all? You know, I, it's tough, too, because, it, it, you know, the, the, the best example I have for these races on Saturday is Luck Be With You, who uh, is in the first division of the, the Ben Franklin, and he won this race last year. He loves Pocono. Goes other tracks, and he's a solid horse, but he comes to Pocono, and it's, he's a world beater, and yet I couldn't, you know, he's in the same class as Wiggle It Jiggle It. He's in with always at my place. I, I ended up with him 10 to 1. And, you know, that's that's the hard part about making the odds. I always say calling the races is easy for these big stakes races. Making the odds is hard because you're always having great horses who you have to put at long odds. So I don't take too much of the home court consideration in unless it's absolutely overwhelming where you have a horse who's just, you know, comes to Pocono and just beats the world there. Luckily with you, I guess you can say has kind of done that in the past. You know, you, you have to look at the nearest past performances really when you make the line. No question. The second division of that Max Hemp is uh, race five on your elimination card, and uh, you've got a nice field of seven. I have to tell you, and I mentioned this to Mike Carter, 
You know, this horse, another daily copy from Post 7, I think could be a long shot to consider. He raced pretty darn good against what I consider is a pretty nice horse in check six. I know he had the perfect journey, kind of tracked the whole way around, but I still thought that was a pretty good effort. And, uh, you know, whether he can break through against this bunch is certainly something, uh, you know, to be a question. But I think you're right on the favorite here. No question. Racing Hill, that second place finish the betting line, has been chasing betting line the last two, draws the inside here. Certainly plenty to like about Racing Hill. Yeah, it seems like he's getting better each race. And, you know, you mentioned betting line has just been uh, unbelievable, you know, so losing to him is no shame. And then you look at the post position, too, where he's been 6-9-6 six, six these last three races at Mohawk, and then he comes to Pocono, and, and he's going to be on the pylons right from the start. So, uh, you know, the knock, you could say, well, he hasn't won this year. And, again, that's, that's a lot of what you see in with these hemp horses is where there's each one of these horses, you could recommend them, and you could always also say, well, you know, there's a little bit something iffy about them as well. The first of two divisions of the James Lynch is for three-year-old Philly Paces, and you've got a full field of nine in that first division, race six on the card. And as favorite, you've gone with the inside, which she's a real deal. Uh, a horse that was just outstanding as a two-year-old. She made over $350,000. She should be nice and tight. She had the tightener under her belt last time, raced very well the last half at the Meadowlands. She's getting the living legend, John Campbell. She draws the inside. She looks tough. Yeah, she looks tough, and I think that's one, you know, where some people who might not, you know, follow the lines real close, they might say, well, she was second in a $15,000 race, you know, that's not that big a deal. Well, but she's facing older horses in a race like that, and so, you know, uh, much more seasoned horses. So a second-place finish in a race like that, first start of the year, and like you said, she closes out 26-2. and two. That's the tightener she needs, and you look at her year last year, over $353,000 in the bank. Uh, again, inside post is huge here. And, you know, with these eliminations, especially when there's only the two eliminations, you know, some of these drivers will have to make that choice. You know, how hard do I push? Do I just want to sneak through? Uh, you know, when you only have to be in the top four, you might be able to just say, okay, I'm going to get my inside trip and finish strong and I'm going to get in there. So that also plays a lot of role into this, you know, who's going to go out there and battle. But uh, she's a real deal, seems ready for a performance spike. And in that second division of the James Lynch race, aid, we're getting uh, we're getting the big uh, rematch, uh, Jim. We're getting Pure Country, who was undefeated as a two-year-old. Uh, she's the winner of the Fan Hanover last time at Mohawk against Darlin' on the Beach, who has just been on fire as of late, and she got shuffled back and closing very well. She was a winner of three straight before that. Blue Moon Strides, a New Jersey Stakes champion. I'll tell you what, this division has got the you know, certainly got a lot to offer. Yeah, this is this is a packed division. Uh, you know, Pure Country and Darlin' on the Beach, they really revved up that rivalry the first time they met at Pocono. Uh, in the elimination for the Miss Pennsylvania, Darlin' on the Beach handed Pure Country her first ever loss. And then Pure Country comes back in the final and puts together an outstanding performance. And since then, Darlin' on the Beach has beat her again. But then Pure Country comes back and wins the big money final. So you wonder if there's a trend going there. You wonder if Pure Country's just making it through to the final and then really turn it on here. But two horses evenly matched. And then you throw in Blue Moon Stride, as you mentioned, who has just been outstanding at the Meadowlands. And she's a new face for these other two to face. Uh, it, It should be an interesting group. Three-year-old open trotters will square off. It's the Earl Beale Jr. Memorial, first of two divisions, race seven coming up Saturday night. And uh, Dason, uh, obviously, 
uh, self-destructed there at the top of the stretch uh, in the Good Times final. Won the elimination easy. Was easily the horse to beat in that particular race. Uh, Jim Morrill Jr. returns to the bike. Had a win at this, uh, with this horse uh, back in New York's Dyer Stakes action. Draws uh, the inside. But, uh, you know, listen, I mean, for the value that you're expected to get, Jim, and you see those X's, boy, no question it makes betters nervous. It does, and you know that's the thing people people have to remember. Yeah, these three year olds are running for huge purses, but they're still three year old trotters, and as such, they are subject to breaks, and they could come at any time, any place. Uh, you know, the horse that's the second choice, Milligan School, same thing, one to five favorite in his last race right at Pocono Downs, and goes off stride with the lead late. Now he was pressured, and that you know that had something to do with it. But, you know, that comes into play every time with these young trotters. Not one of them is kind of, you know, indestructible in that sense where, you know, you just know 100% certain they're going to stay flat. So Dayton broke last time. Milligan School broke last time. Jack Vernon's had some serious braking problems. Uh, True Mass Volo, I mean, you go down the line, a lot of these horses have a lot of X's. So, yeah, you're putting your money down, and you're, you're a little bit nervous about it for sure. That second division of the Earl Beale is race nine on the program, a field of nine, and uh, holy moly, look at this field. Southwind Frank uh, from post-date has to overcome that post-date. I would probably uh, safely say that he has to be the Hamiltonian uh, favorite right now, um, and he's two for two here. He's looked fantastic in his first two starts. Does have to, does have to overcome post-date. It is, it is an elimination race, and you've got a lot of talent on the inside. Yeah, inside of him, Love Matters has been kind of a giant killer of late. You know, he's coming off nice Pennsylvania sire stakes wins against some really good horses. Wasn't favored either one of those races. Uh, Bar Hopping is a horse, the Jimmy Tactor horse, who's kind of rounding into shape. Uh, fourth in the good times last time out. Um, so, yeah, Trolley uh, wins a Pennsylvania sire stakes first start of the year. I mean, without a freshener, comes out and wins a 13-1, to and he only has three races under his belt. So you don't know, you know, how good this one can be. But you look at Southwind Frank, just the one loss in his career, and last time out had the eight post of the Meadowlands, and he wins by two lengths in 152 and three, and getting heavily bet there. So I'm sure he's going to get heavily bet in the race, but uh, certainly not a foregone conclusion, even though I think he'll be the heavy favorite. Jim, the Ben Franklin, and I'm telling you, everybody is looking forward to the Ben Franklin. If the finals match up the way they should be, this is going to be perhaps – one it could be perhaps one of the best races in the sport of harness racing in a long 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 time wiggle it jiggle it uh is in the first uh, elimination of three uh obviously the ninth to five favorite uh won easily last time is uh listen his record speaks for himself i don't think we have to sit here and build him up but uh you know listen you've got shambhala who's torn canada up you've got state treasure the canadian horse of the year last year you've got some other talent in here uh do you see any nervous moments in here for wiggle it jiggle it well, yeah, I'll tell you what, Wiggle It Jiggle it loves Pocono. That's a, you know, you talk about the home court advantage. He raced very well here last year. Kind of had one of his first big wins here in the Hemp uh, a year ago that really kind of set him off on his huge season. And he's just a horse that, you know, it seems like when he's tested, he rises to the occasion. But there are some top older horses in here. And it is the elimination, so you have to take that into account. I mean, you know, always at my place, you know, 14 times a winner last year against the best competition. This is a field, really, you know, I'm making the odds, and I have $2 million horses. Take it back, Terry. Luck be with you. I have them at 12-1 and 10-1. I mean, you just, you know, there, there's no weak link in this field. 
And so, you know, Trip is going to have a lot to do with it. You know, if my if Wigglechew gets parked out, you know, it could be problematic. But all things equal, yeah, you say Wigglechew is going to run away. That second division uh, is certainly as equal as uh, great in talent as that first one. You've got Mel Mara, who is supplemented into the Ben Franklin. You've got Always Be Mickey, who obviously is uh, could be one, two, Wiggle a Jiggle with the best horses going right now. Um, you've got all bets off, Rock and Ron to beat Wiggle a Jiggle in the Confederation start. Uh, the Confederation Cup four starts back. Just another great, great race, and uh, obviously Always Be Mickey. Uh, deserves favoritism, but uh, I'm with you. I don't think this horse is an off-the-chart uh, favorite in here. No, I don't think so, especially, you know, Mel Mara. I mean, you, you know, look at the last start. I mean, he goes 147 and closes out in 25-4, and four, and he just goes out and qualifies 149-4 and four and closes 25-4, and four, no sweat. So, I mean, that horse is definitely peaking as well. Uh, you mentioned Rock and Run has beaten Wiggle at Jiggle it this year. And, uh, you know, even a horse like Mocket So, he's been kind of quiet, but Tim Tietrick in the three post, you know, and, and you can't just write off a horse that's earned over $1.39 million in his career, even if he hasn't been quite as sharp this year. So, yeah, I, I don't think always be Mickey just goes out and walks away with it. That said, he puts together another mile like he had at Mohawk last time out where he comes three wide and he goes in 147-1. Yeah, he's going to be tough to beat. And one more to talk about, Division 3 of 3. It's uh, Ben Franklin Eliminations, Race 12 on your Saturday Pocono program. And Freaky Feet, Pete is back. He draws the inside. Obviously, a lot of his success at Hoosier Park, but he has beaten Wiggle It, Jiggle It before. The qualifier was fantastic, 51-2 and two with a sub-26 close. It's becoming the new norm, Jim, with all these great horses uh, to have a qualifier like that leading up to a big race. And uh, it looks like Freaky Feet, Pete is certainly the one to beat in here. Yeah, I guess the one post, and we're excited at Pocono. I believe this is the first time we've had a chance to see Trace Teacher driving here at Pocono, so, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, probably of the three, the weakest of the fields, uh, Sunfire Blue Chip, of course, a great horse, and, uh, you know, had a nice open handicap win at the half mile at Yonkers, could maybe springboard him to, to kind of his previous form, and is another horse who likes Pocono. Uh, Limelight Beach is a veteran, uh, but, uh, you know, hasn't been quite as sharp as some of these others in here and certainly in the other divisions. So, yeah, I think Freaky Feet feet benefits from getting probably the weakest division, weakest being a very relative term when you talk about the caliber of horses that we have uh, just about every one of these divisions. But I think Freaky Feet Pete, uh, you know, if he's on his game, if he comes anywhere near the qualifier or his last start, uh, he might want this might be the biggest margin, certainly, of the three divisions. Jim Bavilia from Pocono Downs. Listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and promise not to have too much fun on Saturday night. And listen, if you have to uh, take uh, next Saturday night off, give me a call, will you? <laughs> Mike, anytime, buddy. Hey, anytime. And, hey, thank you to you and Mike for doing such a great job promoting the sport with this show. All right, Jim. Take care, my friend. Okay, bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Jim Bavillian. He He's not taking next Saturday off. Don't let him kid you. He is not taking – listen, this is going to be – uh, this could be, if that aged pace, the Ben Franklin, if it turns out to be what it could be in the eliminations run, according to Hoyle, this could be perhaps one of the greatest harness horse races of all time. And uh, we'll have to see how the eliminations play out. Uh, you know, you could uh, kind of compare it all on paper as much as you want, but we still have to see uh, how it's going to turn out. They have to run the race on the racetrack or race the race on the racetrack. Um, 
as opposed to doing it on paper. We've got plenty more left on this edition, believe it or not, of uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. When we come back, we're going to hear from our good friend Darren Gagne. It's the Running Aces segment, and he had a chance to sit down with one of the young, talented drivers up there, Nick Rowland. So we'll hear from Darren right after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland Cruz, and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. For the full schedule and for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Here are the highlights from the past week of racing action here at Running Aces. In the $11,000 top open events, Flick a Fly with Rick McGee aboard narrowly defeated Party Hangover 2 with Steve Wiseman in a Tuesday night thriller in 156-2 and two in the Mayor's Open, while on Sunday night the favorites prevailed in both events with Banker Volo scoring his third win in a row in 157-1 and one with Nick Rowland aboard in the open trot and Mooney Swenson steering Jasmanian Devil to his third win in a row and his 10th win of the year in 152-4 and four in the open pace. In the $7,500 Minnesota side events on Sunday night, the winning dollar with Nick Rowland did not disappoint. He's now a perfect 3-for-3 three three this year after trotting to a 2 minutes and 3 victory in the 3-year-old gelding trot. While Bombshell Betty with Jim Marino driving for Justin Anfinson took the three-year-old Philly trot, also timed in two minutes and three-fifths. Also on Sunday night, the talented Link Jack Hanover was back to his record-setting ways as he paced to a new track mark of 154 flat for four-year-old pacing stallions. He's owned and trained by Jeff Ryan and driven by Rick McGee. Back on Saturday night, the $15,000 three-year-old Minnesota Sired Pacers were split into two groups, A and B, and Freedom Reigns continues to reign supreme after scoring another eye-opening win in the $6,000 B group, a new lifetime mark of 154-4 and for the three-year-old pacing filly. She paced home in 27-4 and for trainer Brady Jensen with driver Tim Mayer. And in the $9,000 Group A split, another filly, Cruz and Coco, posted her fourth win in five starts this year in a new lifetime arc of 154-3 and 
with Steve Wiseman aboard for trainer Joel McDaniel. Darren Gagne here at Running Aces, and I'm sitting down today with a gentleman who, at just 33, has become one of the most highly regarded figures in harness racing in the Midwest, recognized not only as a very talented driver, but a great horseman and a stand-up guy, Mr. Nick Rowland, is here with me today. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, Darren. Nick, who is our current leading driver in 2016, had a fantastic year at 2015 at Running Aces, taking both leading driver and leading trainer awards. It was your second leading trainer award and the third time as champion driver in the last four years. And also, Nick is the all-time leading driver and trainer in both wins and purses here at Running Aces. Nick, I know you come from a big Iowa harness racing family. What was that like growing up, and did you always know that you wanted to uh, be in harness racing? Um, yeah, I I knew from the time I was probably 11 or 12 when I got to start kind of training horses with my dad. Um, once I got the bug, it was it was stuck. It, right, so, it gets in your blood pretty pretty good, yep, right? Yep. So when did you make your first drive? Uh, my first official drive was the day I turned 16. Yep, I got my I got my license when I was 15 and a half, so I could be ready to. Did go. you drive at the fair first, or did you drive at Prairie Meadows? It was a county fair, Bloomfield, Iowa. Okay, cool. And uh, what is your favorite horse that you've ever been associated with over the years? I would say my all-time favorite horse uh, was Indian Folklore. He was a horse that my grandpa gave to me when I was 17, and um, he. He was the age or the age champion in Iowa for three years, I think, before he kind of got old and was a little over the hill. But he um, he was my first good horse and the one that that really got me started. Oh, great, good story. Okay, and now you, along with Jessica Johnson, have a nice stable of horses again here in 2016. Are there one or two horses in your barn right now that are maybe your favorites that you have racing here right now? Yeah, there. Well, there are more than one or two, but um, Jess's favorite horse is 5150. Um, she's a mare. She was the three-year-old champion here uh, four years ago, and then uh, she was claimed from us in Ohio, and um, we had just bought her back this winter as a brood mare. So we got her in full to fancy schmancy, and um, she's uh, she's training back really well. So that's that. That'd be one of her favorites. I would say my favorite's Heads Up Yankee. He's been He's been a champion here a he couple has. of years. He's won a lot of races here. Yep. Over yep. the last few years. So those are those are I would say both of our favorites. Okay. Now what 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 are your favorite things about racing here at Running Aces in Minnesota? By far my favorite thing about racing here at Running Aces is the the culture on the backside. It's like nowhere else in the country. Um it's kind of a for the most part a big family and you know if you need anything that you can ask your neighbor or, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like nowhere else. It's not really, everybody's here to make money and there is competition, but, um, everybody gets along really well. And that Minnesota friendly thing is a real deal, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. That's why it's Minnesota nice. Even if you're not from Minnesota, all you have to do is show up for the summer and right. it rubs off. Very good. And what, what do you think are some of the secrets to your success over the years? Um, I think, just wanting to learn and always being able to learn from people. I think um, you can learn something from anyone, no matter where they're at or what their success level is, and just try to soak up um, 
those things, those best practices, and and not um, not act like or feel like I know too much. Right. Just always uh, be looking to learn more, have an open mind, and you know right. try to pick up as much as you can everywhere that you go. Well, that's the right attitude. Finally, I wanted to ask you about Becky Badger Baby. Um, this horse is now a four-year-old mare. She was the Minnesota State Champion at ages two and three. Um, you've driven her, I believe, at maybe every one of her starts here at Running Aces over the last couple of years. She won 11 races out of 14 starts last year. She was pretty hard to beat, other than three races she made a couple of breaks. Now, it looks like she had some braking problems late in the year in the fall uh, at the Iowa Fairs. Can you tell us about that, and can you tell us about what we might expect from her this year? Yeah, uh, it seemed like last year she had kind of got used to the nice surface here, and then when she tried to transition back to the county fairs, which aren't ideal, it was just hard for her to get over them. Um, but, uh, and, and that's kind of how it started this year also. She made a couple of starts down there at the fairs and didn't get over the tracks at all. So, um, but she qualified really good here the other day, and uh, I think she'll be very good tonight. Yeah, she's making her first start tonight, which is on Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully she'll have some success here again at Running Aces this year. And, uh, Nick, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your day. I know you're very busy with your horses and your stable and getting ready for tonight's races. So, once again, thank you for joining me here for this interview on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Absolutely. Very much appreciate it and continued success here at Running Aces in the future. Appreciate it. Thanks, Darren. Thank you, Nick. Coming up this weekend at Running Aces on Saturday, the $15,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old pacing events go in two splits. The $9,000 A division will see a big matchup between the gelding Freedom Reigns with Tim Mayer, who has won three in a row, and the Philly Cruising Coco with Steve Wiseman, who has won four of her five starts this year. The B division is headed up by early favorites I'm More Like Daddy with Nick Rowland looking for his third win of the year. And I'm a Tank with Rick McGee who has won two out of his three seasonal starts. Saturday's card also features the $11,000 open trot with Teach Me to Bucky and Steve Wiseman installed as the 5-2 morning line choice facing off against five other very good trotters including Winsome Kelly with Luke Plano second in the open two weeks ago and a very sharp margin call with rick mcgee who steps up into the top trotting level after winning three straight races on sunday the seven thousand five hundred dollar minnesota sired events the three-year-old gelding trot features the undefeated the win dollar coming in three for three with nick Rowland in the bike and margins echo with rick mcgee who has two wins in three seconds in five starts this year the three-year-old Philly Trot will see seven very talented Phillies squaring off with the early favorites Bombshell Betty with Steve Wiseman and RSS Express with Dwayne Rowland. Also on Sunday, the $11,000 open pace for horses and geldings in race eight is a wide open event featuring seven very talented rivals who have won a combined 35 races this year, a very wide open, open handicap horses and gelding pace race eight on Sunday. Post time for live racing at Running Aces this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 6 p.m. Central Time, and post time on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Central. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is one of the premier harness racing facilities and card clubs in the Midwest. Located in beautiful Minnesota, just north of the Twin Cities, off I-35, and also available at simulcast outlets and ADWs across North America with live harness racing action May through September. 
for the full schedule. And for more information, visit our website, runaces.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. all about betamerica.com it is the fastest growing legal safe and secure website to place all your bets on horse races hey i'm chantelle sutherland cruz and want to tell you all about betamerica.com it's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from america and around the world new players receive a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit up to three hundred dollars that's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo for this last couple of minutes. Mike Carter. Uh, had some uh, duties he had to attend to. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, certainly uh, a big thanks to all of our guests uh, taking time out of their busy day. Casey Coleman joining us, uh, the trainer of betting line, of course, the winner of the 2016 Pepsi North America Cup. Uh, Pete Szymanski, the director of racetrack operations at the Ocean Downs, one of my good friends, and uh, we certainly appreciate him taking time out of his busy day to talk about the going-ons at Ocean Downs, plus talk a little bit about his great snow call at Buffalo. Of course, a former announcer uh, in a former life, uh, Pete Szymanski, one of the more entertaining announcers uh, in the sport of harness racing. We certainly appreciate him joining us. Also, Bob Carson, we talked about his uh, segment Outside the Box. You can catch that uh, once a month or so on ustrotting.com. Make sure you check that out. It's a lot of great ideas in the sport of harness racing. And uh, Bob Carson was able to uh, share some time with us. Michelle Kopiak from the USTA, uh, our good friend Darren Gagne, and our continuing uh, running seg- uh, running aces uh, casino and racetrack segment, had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, Rick, uh, Nick Rowland, one of the leading drivers up there. That was a fantastic interview. And, of course, thanks to uh, Mohegan's son at uh, Pocono, track announcer Jim Bavili as we uh, went through the Big race is coming up on Saturday, and I'll tell you right now, if you're a racing fan, all the stars will be out. Eliminations this Saturday for all the big races. Sun sinks Saturday next uh, next Saturday uh, right at uh, Mohegan Sun at Pocono, and uh, I'll tell you, if you can make it up there, if you're anywhere close, if you're anywhere on this uh, continent, make sure you check it out, and if you can get up there live, do so, because the stars will be out. It will be a fantastic day at Mohegan Sun Pocono coming up next Saturday. Well, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us, all of our listeners, all of our sponsors. It was uh, great fun bringing you this program, and we'll do it again next week, where our first post on Thursday will be at 7 p.m. On behalf of Mike Carter, who flew the coop, who abandoned me, but that's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> we had some technical difficulties early in the show, but uh, Mike Carter was uh, gracious enough to uh, kind of hold the fort down while uh, the weather was to blame, by the way. And my, uh, it's still getting dark outside. It continues to get darker and darker, but it hasn't rained as of yet. Go figure that. Maybe it's because it's 8.33 at night. But on behalf of Mike Carter, it's Mike Bozich. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 7 p.m. Good night, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.